I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. All right, welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast post-Colorado vacation version for me, Nick Roush. Yep, post-sister's uh, wedding version for me. Yeah, so we've been out of the uh, out of the loop for a while. Yeah, that early camp start date kind of messed it with us. to us. Uh, this, this podcast is proudly brought to you by Jack Kane Ford, uh, located on Marcel's Road. You can find them at Kane Ford on Twitter or KaneFord.com for all your new used Vehicles, trade-ins, they buy vehicles, they sell vehicles, trucks, cars, whatever your needs are. You can find them at Jack Kane Ford, located in Versailles, Kentucky. Um, before we get started um, today, I I, uh, I want to uh, it's a it's a it's a heavy heart day, mm-hmm. gentlemen. Uh, noticeably not here with us, Nick Roush is our fellow depth chart podcaster Andrew Eaton. Um, his best friend and brother-in-law Tom Cannon passed away last night. Uh, if you listened to the uh, fan tribute podcast we had here uh, through the depth chart, it was for Tom Cannon, and I can I can happily say that that Tom, uh, his family, really liked and appreciated uh, uh, the tribute to Tom uh, while he was he was still with us. But uh, but Tom passed away last night, and our prayers go out to the Cannon and Eaton family. I know Andrew. Uh, is uh, you know that's a tough day for him losing your best friend and your brother-in-law. So our prayers are with those uh, with those families, especially with Andrew, uh, who is going to who's actually going to preach the funeral. So um, that won't be easy. Th- no, that that will not be easy. But uh, ask that any of you that that follow Andrew Eaton or know him through the Depth Chart Podcast or at his church or just know him, uh, keep him in your prayers and give him some encouragement because it's going to be a couple tough days for him. But uh, we wanted to get that. Uh, we wanted to get that out there that that are that we are the Eaton and Cannon families are are on our hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would think that Tom would want this show to go on, yep. and I know Andrew wants this show to go on. So we're going to go on with it. We will. And we're also we're now proud to be joined by the other member of the Depth Chart Podcast who's not with us, and that would be Doctor Jack Pilgrim. Doctor Pilgrim, how are you, sir? <laughs> I don't know about doctor, but I'm doing great. How are you well, doing, I'll give, I'll give you promote. I'll give you a little bit of promotion. So uh, <laughs> he was he was actually, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He kept doing his job while we were out having fun. Yeah. So speaking of having fun, yep. b- before we get to Jack, yep. Guns and Roses, Mile High Stadium. Yep. It, it's now Sports Authority Field or whatever. Right. 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 Go when they're in Louisville. Go. They they didn't they didn't cancel they didn't show no, up late they were on time wow they were on time and they got on stage and killed it for two hours was Slash there though what's that was Slash there though Slash was there and you know I got to see a lot of historical stuff in Colorado right we spent five days out there mm-hmm. went up to Pikes Peak fourteen thousand five hundred feet you take a train up there but you can only stay for twenty five minutes because of the altitude. You get sick. I got sick. Oh, you didn't drink enough water? No, no, no. I drank enough water, but you can only stay for 25 minutes up on top once you reach the hour and a half train ride. Mm-hmm. 18 of my 25 minutes were spent in the latrine or the bathroom. <laughs> put it that way. I got a little bit of altitude sick. 
I got out long enough to take about three or four pictures and get back on the train and get off that mountain. But, you know, I, I, I take pride in being a mountain guy or hillbilly guy from Harlan County. There's some different mountains out there. That's mounds compared to what I saw. <laughs> 14,000 yeah. feet. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. big. Went to the Air Force Academy. That was great. Saw the chapel. Um, mm-hmm. Went to uh, Garden of the Gods, which was, uh, was Ooh, that place really is nice. really cool. Yeah, and then went to Breckenridge for three days. Really, really nice. Nice. Well, I'm Colorado's glad. a beautiful state, but mm-hmm. it's a little busy for me. Yeah. So many people are moving in there. I mean, it's it's they, crazy. They, they like their um, their laws out there. Yeah. Very friendly to a certain uh, demographic. Yeah. So yeah, after the concert, we caught a train back, and the train was filled to capacity. I'm talking. My face was smudged against the window of the door to capacity <laughs> and that was an interesting 45 minutes because everybody was coming from the guns and roses concert right just imagine that i'm sure the demographic of guns and roses concert goers is a little different than the normal uh it was older it was, a lot of, it was a lot of people my age yeah you know because they're like 60 now but you know okay i saw pike's peak you know i saw garden of the gods i saw the air force academy breckenridge and i saw slash one of the world's all-time greatest guitarists, and he he was so awesome. So did his hat stay on his head? They don't. He, he I changed, don't know he, how he gets that hat on. He, he changed on. guitars between every song. That that I watched the backstage stuff, you know, to the yeah. operational side. And after every song, he'd go over and get a new guitar and come back out. But you know, those guys are older than me, so they they kind of pace themselves, and, and you see Axel kind of walk off. He was great. It was it was a great show. He still got the pipes too. He still got it, man. He hit the, he hit the notes. Nice. So when they come to Louisville, if you are a Guns N' Roses fan, you got to go to the concert. Okay, I digress. Sorry. <laughs> you had to brag a little. It was a cool trip. It was a very. And cool it was trip. a good timing too, because now we can just dive right into football. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect from Colorado, but it's beautiful, beautiful country. Jack Pilgrim Fan Day. Jack Pilgrim, you got yes. the updates from Fan Day. What uh, what should we be aware of? Um, well, the, the, the main thing that kind of caught my attention, not necessarily with just fan day, but with the past several practices to open up this, this training camp is how optimistic all the coaches are, you know, the past several years, um, you know, you're hearing, oh, this position group's lacking. We have no leadership on this side of the ball. You know, we're, um, you know, the veterans aren't stepping up, you know, we just heard constant pessimism in the past past several years and especially to start camp and now it it seems like the only negative thing we've been hearing has been the lack of success from the punting unit you know every everything else has just been unbelievable you know the quarterbacks are stepping up and you know uh you know the past year's quarterback competitions have been a battle for almost the best of the worst and now we have two high level talents going at each other's necks and you know some of the young bloods coming up and biting at their ankles hoping to snatch their job not necessarily now but in the near future but you know it's it's just the consistency um you know it's just it's just a lot of fun to hear and see and and get updated on to, to add to your point, Jack, too, it's not the, the false optimism that I did not fully comprehend when I started this job under the Joker Phillips era <laughs> where or, – or the first year under Mark Stoops when you got Neil Brown and they're just like, all right, we can't rag on these guys. We know they're not very good, but we've got we've to throw some bones out there. This is – hey, Stephen Johnson had one of his best days at Fan Day apparently. Yeah. Um, I mean, Eddie Grant said it today after watching film – 
that Johnson's intermediate passing game has been the most improved part of his game, which music to Kentucky fans' ears. And he also said that Drew Barker looks like the Drew Barker pre-injury that earned his starting position in camp last year. So if nothing else, there's two quarterbacks that are good enough to be starters. Steven Johnson has that spot, but if for whatever reason he can't fulfill those duties, he gets hurt, et cetera, et cetera, there's not much drop-off. There's actually depth at quarterback. That's right. And, and the, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jack. Well, I was just going to say the the thing with Eddie Grand that we know we're getting the truth is he's always been the one to you know kind of give the the hard truth when some of the other coaches might have been given a little bit of false hope. He's always been the one to say, "No, we're we're really slacking in this area, right. and these guys aren't living up to expectations." And to have Eddie Grand coming out and say these guys are playing up to expectation, you know, as high as his expectations are, hearing some of this stuff is just. It gets you hyped for these next couple of weeks and, and going into the first game against Southern Miss. So we knew, we know that the, 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 the newcomers that are jumping out and may factor into the depth chart. Quentin Bohanna, nose tackle, has just popped out as a potential player. Immediately. Right. Lynn Bowden, who, who yes, now – Yes, it is Bowden. Yeah. We've, we got that confirmed yeah, thanks to it, Charles it, Walker. It is Bowden. So – Lynn Bowden is swimming a little bit right now. I like that term that Grant well, uses. You know, and we talked about that. Yeah, and I he's mean, he's not a he was a quarterback. Yeah, he wasn't a slot receiver. And we talked about this that's on this depth chart podcast several times. That don't expect this guy to come in and run routes that are three and four moves long. He's mm-hmm. not going to get open that way. That's a, it's a nuance of a position that he's not used to playing. So expect Lynn Bowden right now to be involved with just slip screens, quick screens, hitch mm-hmm. routes, maybe. Uh, Punt return games, etc. Maybe some wildcat, but Josh Ali mm-hmm. and Isaiah Epps have, have jumped out as being the the freshman receivers that actually have right. played a position. Yeah, Cleveland Thomas joining that group. And, and and you notice when they talk when they praise each of those guys, Bowden, it's like you can see his explosiveness and you notice it. But with Ali and Epps, it's about their footwork, their route running ability. Right. They're they're very they're, more polished. They're wide receivers. Yeah, and they know the system better. They were here this summer on signing day show. The best route running receivers that the, this is a really good solid receiving class in seventeen were Epps Ali mm-hmm. were the two best. I thought I thought Epps was a technician. That's how I described him as being. And even though he's not played a lot of football, he was a pure receiver mm-hmm. and run excellent routes. So now we're seeing those guys. Um, Jamin Davis is being discussed at times, even though that's not a really position of need yet. No, uh, he may you know. The way that the that coaches sometimes handle players like Jamin Davis is you travel him, you you prep him to play, but only in the case of emergency. And after game six, he's sure he's redshirt. Josh Pascal, I'm hearing is 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 as good as we expected. That boy's good. To even better than we expected. I, I think you can you can pretty much count on him factoring. And I think the way Kentucky can use him as a true freshman early in the season would be as a pass rush specialist. Because when he does, when he is in an athletic burst mode, it's a different level, it's a different gear. Yusuf Corker is another cornerback that I've heard a lot about. And we'll see there. Jack, who else jumped out at you um, that, that from fan day that, that uh, may, not, may have slipped through the media's cracks, per se? Um, as far as young guys or guys that might have been no, 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 hanging young, around? Young, guys in general. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I mean, obviously the big one has been C.J. Conrad. Um, you know, 
he obviously had the big hype coming into his Kentucky career, and then uh, his first year he showed some some stuff. Well, both years really, um, but people are really hoping that we see that next big step forward um, and seeing some of the stuff he's been doing um, early on, especially at that, that open practice. I mean, he's, he just looks like he's taken that veteran jump that, you know, you, you go from underclassmen to upperclassmen and he, he just seems ready to go. Um, his, his route running has been unbelievable and he's actually getting connected to Steven Johnson. We obviously saw a bunch of problems with that last year in that department and, they're actually connecting and getting good chemistry down. So I'm, I'm really looking for a big year out of him. Um, is it K1 Ross? Yes. That's that it, I, was, yeah. I was going to say, his uh, name. I mean, seen, I've heard some really good things about him. We saw all the highlights of his, uh, you know, corner pass that looked like an NFL esque catch. Um, you know, I was really excited about him coming into his career and uh, he kind of started out hot against Southern Miss last year and then just completely took, just didn't do anything after that. And, yeah. I think uh, he had he an was, ankle injury maybe yeah. for a little while. It was annoying, but yeah. And he, you know, he was also one of those guys working with Drew Barker on that same route after practice today, but mm-hmm. proceed Jack. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just hearing the good stuff about him and um, he had such big hype coming in and seeing him live up to that and, and, hoping that he I don't expect him to start or even be a high level guy but just to be able to come in and and provide a couple catches a game and maybe a big red zone threat every once in a while I mean it, it just having that presence that tall presence out there would just be phenomenal well, the ones that I'm hearing the most about K1 Ross is 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 absolutely killing it like you said but but I will say this and I said this last year K1 Ross is the hardest working player that I I can see over there in the last couple of years do you know the other one is making a big jump as a vet? Georgia Sofola J. Uh, I was going to say Chuck Walker. Chuck Walker, yes. But, the, I mean, we are he, we already know the Heisman's locked up. So, yeah, it's, but, it's why, you know, why waste our time? You know, when John Schlarman says he has a plan, then we should start believing that John Schlarman has a plan. Georgia Sofola J has played tackle. Georgia Sofola J has played guard. Now with Nick Haynes struggling to keep that weight on, how valuable is that that you can kick a Sofola J down to guard not lose a beat, and the possibilities now that Nick Haynes could play, he play center. center. They're working him in the center. Now. Yeah, so <laughs> Kentucky's actually working four centers right now, with the fourth being Mason Wolf. Mason Wolf has made a, another jump on the depth chart and is playing guard and tackle. Uh, I think he's going to get some actual some good playing time this year. Uh, but Lynn Bowden, going back to that, I mean, it's it's such a hard thing to do to learn how to play receiver if you've never played it and you're going against those kind of defensive backs. But I'm hearing the same jumps that you guys are, the ones, the players that have uh, distinct, uh, have separated themselves. Mm-hmm. Steven Johnson, I could tell during the open practice and what I saw in spring practice, not so much a spring game, has, has, has really tightened up his release. Mm-hmm. It's faster, it's stronger. I think you're going to see that, but, and I think that's a positive. But Eddie Grant, again, when, he, when, he's, at the, when he's at the podium, mm-hmm. What he says is what he thinks and what he feels. He holds yeah. nothing back. He's, he's straight straightforward. I like that about him. Uh, I think this offense is going to score a lot of points. But yeah. you're going to have to find somebody to take the top off of the defense. Now, I think when he was talking about the receivers today, um, he he made a point to where – because, like, for, for our job, it's easy to hear, like, a name or two just to give people because that's – you know, people get excited about hearing about – X player is doing well, yada, yada, yada. But at receiver, 
you know, like he said, like Blake Bone did something good today, and yeah. K1 did something good the other day. And so it'll be interesting to see who are the guys that are consistently at the top of the receivers. Yeah. Um, I think Juice, Walker, and Dorian are the only three guys who are guaranteed to be consistently on the field. After that, it's anybody's guess. And it comes down to who's playing best at the end of camp. Going totally football dork here. Yeah. Something that jumped out at me, what Eddie Grant said, was he moved Garrett Johnson outside. Yeah. And what does that do? That opens up reps for the inside guys, which could translate to me that Ali and Epps may play this year and may be in that rotation. With Walker, with uh, with Garrett Johnson outside, then that op- that opens up the floodgate. K1 Ross is going to be your red red zone specialist. Mm-hmm. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. Can he be that open field receiver? We'll see. But I think he's trending upwards. Dorian Baker trending upwards. Chuck Walker's having a fantastic camp to this point. And if you can split Conrad into the slot at like a flex position, I mean, yeah. So yeah. it'll be it'll definitely be a different look than the offense we were used to last year, where right. it was. Hit him in the post. Now it's like, oh, we're gonna throw in the middle of yeah, the field. Yeah, it, it, it opened up. What that do? It, another thing I heard Eddie Grant talk about today that I think in, will impact how Kentucky plays is using the tight ends over the middle of the field. C.J. Conrad, Greg Hart, Justin Rigg. What that does that prevents that safety that that's the center fielder from automatically bailing out for that post route. He's yeah. going to have to honor that position, that yardage behind the linebackers in front of the safeties. And if you keep hitting that tight end, hitting that tight end, that safety will eventually cheat up. That's when you get your post route. That's when you get your home run plays. Uh, Jack, you also wrote a piece on Jeff Bidette transferring to Oklahoma. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, please. Um, well, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect the first time I opened up that that interview and, and read it for the first time because I was always a big Jeff Bidette fan while he was here, but obviously things have changed uh, in the past several months, you know, the, hearing about some locker room issues and, you know, stuff we don't really need to get into. But um, the main part of the quote that kind of got to me was when he said, uh, when I was at Kentucky, we were building a program let's win these games. Now let's make it to a bowl. Now let's win the SEC East here. It's all championship. It's just straight business. You know, I, I don't know. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Um, you know, good for him. You can't blame him for wanting to play with the Heisman trophy candidate in Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, that's, but it, I don't know. I just got rubbed the, the wrong way a little bit with it. Well, the counterpoint though. I mean, I, I kind of couldn't blame him, but at the same time, it, like yeah. that's what he signed up for. He signed up to play, to build something at UK. Well, Again, if a player wants to transfer, good luck to him. I mean, but let's be honest about this. When I read your post, Jack, the thing that jumped off at me was that he was taking leadership to Oklahoma. <laughs> that guy, I kind of where, 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 where <laughs> I don't think a leader has to have a coach give you a pep talk that you're going to catch more balls three or four times during the season. A leader doesn't complain about not getting the daggone football. A leader does not drop all those passes. If you're going to, if you're going to say that you're a leader, then I, I've not seen that. Good luck to him. He will listen in that crap defensive league that he plays in. He'll catch a hundred balls. I mean, seriously, with with that offense, and he's going to get drafted, and and he's going to his stats going to be so inflated, and and that's great. He's going to go along his merry way. Yeah, and, and really, I I wish that for him. I want success for him, but to say he's bringing leadership to Oklahoma, 
From, from where? It, it's not from the University of Kentucky, from what I've seen, from the outside looking in. Not hearing a coach have to give your give a pep talk to, oh, you, you need to keep playing, we're going to throw you the ball. Leadership and uh, experience are not the same thing. No. I think, I think he confused them for synonyms. What I thought was funny is right after I read your article, Jack, I was scrolling down my Twitter timeline. I think it was something our friend Derek Terry retweeted, and it was, I still can't believe this happened. And it was the close-up slow motion of Bidette's drop against Georgia where he had the dude beat by two steps and then just fumbles it, like, right into the dude's hands. Like, well, that was a picture I used for the the main picture. Yeah. <laughs> on, on accident, mind you. Yeah. It was 100% oh, accident. Sure, it was an accident, Jack. Sure. <laughs> I, but, oh, I, yeah, man. I mean, I, again, I, I wish I wish him well. But but that comment, you know, knowing that Mark Stoops even came out and said he had to have talks with him. <laughs> you know, that that, that, that that didn't mesh with me. But – Anyway, let's not talk about. We're not going to beat that dead horse. <laughs> and again, and again, seriously, all the best of luck to him. I hope I hope he does well out there, and all the transfers. I wish him all well. But conversely, you have a a Mackey, John Mackey list tight end guy that caught nineteen passes last year, and was the consummate team leader, team player and consummate wildcat that you're going to hear on my first behind the face mask series and that would be cj conrad if anybody had anything to pack their bags up and leave or to complain or sulk or pout it would be cj conrad he did not do that he was nothing but positive the coaches bragged on him the coaches see let me tell you this much i talked to a lot of people around the sec cj conrad is highly highly respected not just for his playing time or not just for his for his game and, and all that, but for how a, a an athletic tight end that's going to play in the NFL unselfishly blocked for an offense that broke school records. Right. Well, do you remember the he tweeted a couple months back? You know, I have fa- I have friends and peers tell me all the time. You know how how do you stay happy not catching all these balls and and coming in what you were hyped up to be? And he said, Well, because I love blocking for my teammates. Yeah. Like. What what else could you ask out of your no, out of your tight end than that? I nothing. Mean, that's perfect. That yeah. that's a veteran leader. Yeah, I mean, people ask me all the time, what's different about this team than than before? I would point to C.J. Conrad. I would point to Nick Haynes, who told three freshmen, "Get your butt in there, get get dressed." <laughs> there, there, there's some leader. Now, now we talk leadership. There's some leadership on this team, mm-hmm. and that's just not my opinion. That's coming from fellow media people. You know, I've seen this. Uh, the team not only looks different physically, but it's acting different. So, again, I think there's some solid core leadership on this team. I think the locker room is in a much better place than it was. I think one guy who needs to be mentioned in all of this mix is Nyquist Pringle. Yeah. Um, he's he's a very serious guy. Like, like when we I remember first interviewing him, like when he first got to campus before working out or anything, he seemed like kind of a goofy dude. He is – business yeah and very stern and especially on that defensive line where it's a ton a ton of young guys i think he's a good example for the rest of the group and it goes back to this freshman class that we've talked about not only do they look like grown men physically ready to play in the southeastern conference yeah they're here for business they're more mature than i was at 22 they're more mature than i am now (laughs) you you know you talk to josh pascal i mean he's here to do something he's not here to be a oh golly gee freshman He's yeah. here to chase the quarterback, you know, so I, I like that. Jack, I know you got to go. You're busy, man. I appreciate you joining us. 
Well, I appreciate you having me on. Do you got any more good stuff you want to share with us? You got anything good coming out on KSR or KentuckySportsRadio.com? I, I had a couple big ones that that just came yeah. out, and, and you went, covering the big three was fun, man. I, it's been a couple couple hectic weeks. But, you went ham uh, on some like long posts, like the kind of posts oh, yeah. where I'm like, oh, no, nah, I'll just wait till later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, can you explain why you and Michael Rappaport didn't get any fisticuffs at the big three? Well, because old dude wasn't ready for it. He was scared. I, I, I was down on the court looking him, looking him out. You know, I I wasn't trying to pick a fight or anything, but I was there. I was prepared. I was in my athletic clothes. I had some with me, and I was in my tennis shoes. I was, you know, if you if a ball play. just so happened to ba- bounce my way, I was gonna ball. And obviously, he was not ready for it. He was wearing some skinny jeans and and Vans in the back room, not ready for it. And I, He's not a big baller. So what did I miss? <laughs> hey, Rappaport, if you're scared, go to church. What did I miss? I was in Colorado. Yeah, so Jack had a nice post ripping apart this, um, I don't know what you would call him, He a former actor? He's not currently C, an actor. Like C-list celebrity, you know, Dr. Doolittle. His name was like Rocket Raccoon and Dr. Doolittle or something like that. He, nice. His roles are minor, if best. And now he's a commentator on the Big Three, three-on-three basketball league. And he was there this weekend in Lexington in the same place as Jack Pilgrim. And After he, he called me out. He talked saying, big Next game. Time in Lexington. He, how, I will play how, you one-on-one. How was the crowd, Jack? Did you go? Actually, it was a lot bigger than I expected it to be. I mean, when you think of a bunch of middle-aged former basketball players hey, trying hey, to, hey, hey, you hey. know, well, I, I meant more as for entertainment value okay. more than anything, not All saying right. lack of skill, but, uh, you know, when they're selling a three-on-three tournament half court, like, who's going to go to that? I don't care if it's Julius Irving participating in it. I'm not interested in seeing that, but <laughs> 8,000 people came out to watch it at Rupp Arena. i I've heard fifteen thousand were down in Dallas, and they're about to have it out in L.A. And well, think, um, they have a pretty, pretty big v- venue for that. I think the fact that Ice Cube's involved makes it better. He's the he's the founder. He he created it. He he even had his own little rap segment to start it to kind of hype up the crowd. That and would stuff. get me Talk. there. Oh yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. This is Freddie's favorite part about it because he just remembers having a good day with Ice Cube, yeah. messing around, getting a triple double. That's right. That's right. Doctor Cool over here. Yeah, man. With it, Jack, thanks, brother. I will. Uh, I'll let you know about uh, about uh, next week. Yeah, next week we got some big things popping. You need to get back on campus soon. All the sorority girls are back now. I know they're just asking, <laughs> "Where's Jack? Where's Jack? Where is he?" Oh yeah, whatever. I, I hope Katie's but, listening. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to a programming note. This is the last podcast that's going to be on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Friday because we are only going to be on Thursdays. Yes, starting are- next week, the Depth Chart Podcast will be on Thursdays only. So, Prepping you for each game. Yep, We're going to get into a more regular podcast schedule starting yep. next week. Yep, the, the football will be early in the week. Um, yeah. We've yet to – we're yeah. still TBD on that. Yeah, so, but but the Depth Chart Podcast will be on Thursdays from this point out. Jack, have a good day, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, thank you guys. Okay. Appreciate it. All right, Nick Roush. USA Today came out and predicted the 2017 records for all SEC – Four or fourteen SEC football teams. It had it had Howard Kentucky Wildcats at five and seven, two and six in the Southeastern Conference, hmm. which is good enough for sixth place in the SEC East. Did you see this? I did. Okay, and I thought it was terribly misguided. 
Like, you really think that the Missouri defense can stop anybody in the Southeastern Conference? Has Missouri – okay, in the East, got Georgia going 8-4, and four, Florida going 8-4, and four, which goes against everybody's prediction that this is the best if, – if Florida gets the quarterback play, this could be the best team that McElwain's had, which is odd to me because you replace seven to eight NFL players off that defense. Tennessee at 8-4, and four, okay, Missouri at 7-5. and five. I agree. South Carolina at six and six, Kentucky and Vanderbilt can, at five can, and seven. Can I just say too that this is the same entity where "quote unquote" coaches voted Tennessee as a top twenty-five team? Oh, is it now? Who the hell is picking Tennessee as a top twenty-five team? Give me their phone numbers and let me call them morons, please. I don't care if it's a "quote unquote" coach because it's definitely a sports information director. But picking Tennessee to win football games is not a good idea this year. <laughs> and picking – I thought a surprise, LSU at 10-2. and two. Yeah, LSU what? has, what, six or seven road, six SEC road games or something? Is yeah, that I don't they, – they also – I think they picked every team in the East to lose their non-conference road game, mm-hmm. um, which – I don't know. I My problem is with some of these where they try to pick all of them is that like the SEC Network did it last year when they're picking mm-hmm. team by team. You want to pick like an upset and be different in each schedule, but then it's not cohesive. Yeah. Like it's not on a team by team basis. Like, you know, where's where's Missouri's seven wins coming from? Right. You right. know, when you're – it just it, – it doesn't make sense to me. I, I will say, though, like somebody – uh, one of the football players, it was either Conrad or Snell, was like, well, there's – or maybe even Nick Haynes. It was like, there's more fuel. I mean, yeah. keep on hating on them. There's there's plenty of fuel for this Kentucky team, if you think about it. Been picked, what, fifth in the East coming out of media days. That was funny. Benny Snell <laughs> being left off of every list there is. No offensive lineman on the all-conference no. teams. I mean, this – Kentucky to be so impressive or, or much more impressive to the – the people that see them every every day at practice or mm-hmm. interviews or whatever, to the national viewpoint is much different than even the regional viewpoint. Cole Kublik has Kentucky third in the East, and he works for the SEC Network. You you know what it is, Freddie? What's that? It's the the stickers on the helmets. Yeah. Because especially with LSU, it's the logo theory I, that I, I have. I think yeah, okay, logo theory. Mm-hmm. LSU has like four or five offensive linemen that are, like, actually healthy. Yeah. I mean, they're the dropping, like, freshmen. flies. The yeah. rest are freshmen. They're, they're talented, but they're super young. And there's some – I'm getting – as much as I want to love Coach O, like, the paranoia and, like, the way that they're – Close practices. Yeah, and, yeah. like, don't tweet while it's we're talking. And there's just something that's just not – I'm not getting good vibes. So, as good as Darius Geis may be, who's going to block for him? You know, where, where, where are these players? I mean, mean, you know, teams will play LSU like teams play LSU. Make them beat you with the pass. Danny Etling, is he good enough to, to hurt you on the pass? Probably not. Receivers traditionally have been very good. Traditionally. I mean, there's a but ton, of, but ton of them in the, the pros. But that's the logo theory. It you is. know, it's, it's a lot of just stereotyping. So, uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy. Like, when I saw that, I was like, you know, you'd think that they would at least kind of side with Vegas if you're going to – go under on UK, you give them six. Right. Just throw them a bone. Like, they're not going to take a step back when they got all these guys returning. Not that far back. Right. So, I don't know. It, it, like you said, just more fuel. It, it got me a little fired up, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, it, it should. I mean, it's, it's, this team has been disrespected. 
in the offseason. And I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, with the national viewpoint of losing Jeff Bidette, losing Boone Williams. And, 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 again, I think some of this could be – some of this could agree with my schedule theory that, that there's going to be opponents that Kentucky barely beat at home are going to be better just like Kentucky. And now you have to go to Starkville – Nashville, See, I don't, I don't, you're Columbia. giving them too much credit. They're not that smart, Freddie. Well, I, I think it's more on the national perspective, too, of beating Louisville. Yeah. Like, they see that more as a knock on Louisville instead of a win for Kentucky. And I also don't understand the national anti-Lamar Jackson narrative. They just think that he won the Heisman in the first five weeks and didn't do anything else. Dude, Lamar Jackson was really good. Yeah. And all of the people who are like, he's not a top five player in college football. That was an ESPN poll. There was a, he wasn't a top five quarterback in the country. There were two guys on there I'd never heard of and not Lamar Jackson. And that terrifies me because if there's one thing you don't want, it's an angry Lamar Jackson who's got to play him with a chip on his shoulder. I saw that list that Lamar Jackson wasn't a top five quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I I was speechless. I don't. I, I mean, really. I, I who's I, well. Yeah, again, yeah. Who, who's doing this? I, it, are they doing that? So we're doing what we're doing right now is to talk about it. But I don't even know who, who the outlet was that put it out there. It, in, in today's it's a bunch of crap clickbait society that we live in, yeah. you know, we're going to talk about this because if there's four better, I like to the other five better. I like to see them. Uh, I, okay, whatever. I, no. I just don't agree with it. Again, that that that's that's them. It's some but talking it's, season it, stuff. Yeah, it man, is, it, that's but. some serious talking season stuff. <laughs> I mean, this is serious. But but getting back to Kentucky. Here, I, I, can I can I give something I want to say? Sure. So I, I don't know how to appropriately put this in a post, and I can't convey it any other way except in this format. Right. Because I was I mean, I've got something about the centers because it's a pretty big position it battle is. going on. There's a lot of moving parts, and I'm talking to Bunchy Stallings, and in the middle of our conversation. Bunchy's Mississippi guy. And when we start off, it's you know, it a very breezy day in the Commonwealth. Man, it's nice out here today. He goes, he was a lot better than Mississippi. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> you know, like, oh and my God. so then towards the end, I'm like, so have you thought about, I was going to ask like about playing Southern Michigan. Then I realized, so what's it going to be like that you get to play all three Mississippi schools this year? And Bunchy, the smile on his face as, um, uh, Jerry Jones calls it. It was a coat hanger smile because you can hang a coat on it. It was so big. <laughs> and he just – so you know how some players, when you're interviewing them and they get to something, they're like, oh, no, I can't say anything bad. So I'm just going to kind of like uh, – and just be choppy and like, it's going to be fun. My brother played there. But he didn't want to give any uh, – he didn't want to provide any uh, chalkboard material. Um, what, what do you call that? I'm not even thinking. Of it. What's the name, Freddie? Where it's like bulletin board bulletin material. board material. He didn't want to provide any of that, but he was like, "Man, I can't wait." Especially the fact that Mississippi. He was like, "I know almost all the coaches over there. They try to recruit me there, so it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun." And I like seeing that from Bunchy because he's one of those dudes who's kind of like a big teddy bear when you just talk to him, and then like, but he's nastier than hell. He's got a nasty streak to him. I've not paid attention to one word you just said. What? I just got an email from somebody. Is it is it like important? <laughs> John Toth just emailed me. <laughs> yeah. Grant just yeah. 
I'm are speechless. You, are you okay? Do we get you like a fan or something? Or are you going to get altitude sickness on us again? Guns and Roses, John Toth within a six-day period. I don't I'm, – I'm a little bit – Flustered? Taken, I, I don't know what to say. Do I answer him back? I mean, Hi, mister. What do I do? Gee willikers. Seriously, do I – I mean, what's – okay. What's the proper etiquette if, if somebody like, you know, how much I admire John Toth emails you? Do you automatically go right back or do you wait to play it cool a bit? Well, okay, so here's the thing. It's – it's it's see, I've, I've never been one who thought that, like, you should automatically not respond right away when a, a, a prospective uh, girl texts you. Like, there's just text back if you're looking at it. But in this case, you don't want to respond back immediately because you don't want to – you want to think about what you want to say. You know, you can't just, first thing that comes to your mind would probably be, oh my gosh, John, you're the best. You're the greatest. You can't, you can't say that, Freddie. You got to remain calm, cool, and collected. You know what? And he made a mistake on his email. What did he do? His cell phone number's on there. Oh no. <laughs> Let's call him. Let's call him up. Why not? Right now? Think he'd come on air? Yeah. I mean, maybe. Huh? Maybe I mean, you think he's busy? Is that are we doing this? I don't know. I mean, this is like breaking. I know this is awful podcast radio because <laughs> nobody can see what's going on. But I can tell you this, Nick Roush, either on this podcast or we're going to do one very soon. The feature participant is going to be John Toth. Yeah, let's let's probably wait because I don't I don't really know how that would go right now. But I will say you're definitely distracted. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, hold, he's calling me. Hold up. Oh my gosh. Hello. <laughs> hey, hello. Hello. Yeah, is this John? Hey, it's Freddie Mac. How are you? I'm good. You got some time to come on now? We're actually uh, in the studio. Okay, hold on. We'll plug, we'll, Roses in concert in Denver on Tuesday, and now speaking yeah. to you. So it's uh, hey, it can't get any better, Nick Roush. It's like Ice Cube having a good day. <laughs> I am having a great day, John. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about you guys? We're doing well. It's it's strange going to practice and not seeing you out there. Um, but uh, yeah. you, you know, there. I think the team's looking good, uh, Bunchy and. A bunch of other guys are trying to fill your shoes, and and they're doing the best they can. Uh, it was uh, it was interesting to read uh, the story on Nick Haynes about his diabetes and how he had struggled to, to keep on weight, but he's doing well. Uh, but what are you doing? Are you re- are you re- you're rehabbing right now and, and and working out and getting ready? Yeah, I would say it's uh, less rehab and more just trying to get back in shape, and yeah. um, just because I wasn't working out for a while. Um, before my surgery, so just trying to get back in football shape and get back to 100% and ready to get on the field. Yeah, I bet you're anxious, right? Oh, yeah, super anxious. Wake up every day uh, wishing I was out there, but you know, you got to <laughs> focus on, on what you can do and what I guess what I have to do and what I have to what I have to do is get back to 100% and get in shape, so kind of makes it easier. Is, is it weird I not being on, on a... What I have to do. Is it weird not being on a football field right now? Ah, uh, it is weird. It is weird. Um, yeah, it's it's very weird. I'm just at home right now at, at my parents' place, 
and uh, just, you know, going to work out every day. And I see on social media and stuff all these all these other guys out there in, in camp and stuff. So definitely uh, jealous, and I miss it. Uh, but like I said, it's, I mean, I just got to do what I have to do, and that's doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> John, I, I think I, I cannot imagine that your record of 49 consecutive starts at the University of Kentucky will ever be broken. How hard was that for you to, to one, to stay healthy, but, two, stay motivated enough to, to keep pushing on and teaching your fellow offensive linemen and, and leading this football team last year to places it's not been to in a long time? Well, it wasn't hard to stay stay motivated and um... – but in terms of just staying healthy, I mean, it's just a daily commitment to to doing stuff. You know, you wake up some days and it's easy, and you wake up some days and it's not so easy to motivate yourself. But um, ultimately, just uh, on those hard days to grit it out and do it. And, you know, it feels good the next day when you wake up and you're like, well, I did it. I didn't want to. So, uh, but, yeah, just in terms of motivation, I mean, you know, you have your ups and downs, but it was it was a fun experience to to be playing with those guys last year, um, my teammates, and um, to do something that we hadn't done in in a lot of years. So hopefully, I think they can build on that. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys coming back this year that can help lead the way and and ultimately improve on what we did last year because that's what it's all about is improving. The SEC Network, uh, a friend of mine, a guy that works there, played center at Auburn. I think he does a tremendous job. His name is Cole Kubelik. He was on the sideline for the Missouri game. For the duration of the season, he and I agreed that, that you were the best center in the Southeastern Conference. But he he went further than that, John. He said Kentucky had the best offensive line in the Southeastern Conference, and he was the first to say that. What what yeah. What transition from your junior year to your senior year from a, from a good offensive line to to the best in the Southeastern Conference, describe to our listeners the uh, the how that came to pass and what what how the improvements how hard was that to to get uh, I guess it was continuity within your group and playing with a an offensive line that went too deep everywhere but center. Um. Well, I mean, I don't think there is really uh, any secret recipe. It's what Coach Stoops has preached since he. Uh, Coach Stutz and Coach Schleiman have preached uh, not only to just our room, but the whole team since the Stutz initially got to Lexington was that, you know, nothing's, there's no overnight success. And uh, it's all about just what you do on a daily basis. And, you know, I think our room especially um, took that in stride. And uh, there's there's no secret recipe. You know, we came in every day and, and worked hard and, uh, you know, just woke up the next day and did the same thing. And just over time, you develop chemistry with the guys you work with. And um, it's it's pretty amazing how, how good as a unit you can get when you um, work with the guy next to you and uh, get to know that guy and, you know, just do it every day and develop a relationship and a bond and um, develop your skills together. So, yeah, there's no secret recipe. It's just time and time and effort. Well, I mean, I have no doubt that whenever your eligibility to be in the UK Hall of Fame and your number up on the uh, the, the Ring of Fame, I, I think I definitely think John Toth is a first ballot Hall of Famer at the University of Kentucky. I'm not saying that because he's on this uh, radio show. John, for your information, <laughs> I have voted you as the offensive most valuable player 
your freshman, sophomore, and junior season. So Wow, that's amazing. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, so everybody thought I was crazy, and, and everybody thought that I talked about you a little too much. So, you know, uh, trust me, I'm not a stalker. You know, I'm not one of these crazy people. <laughs> And I, and I would delete your phone number, maybe. And I would delete your email, maybe. You're not doing a good job of <laughs> disproving that. I'm totally fanboying out right now, Nick Roush. Yeah. And I don't do that. And I am right now. I mean, this is almost too much for me to handle. John, <laughs> you're, you're coming back into town, I understand, sometime soon? Yeah, I won't, I won't be back in Lexington. Um, but this coming weekend, I'll be in Louisville because uh, Reese, uh, I think you know he's he's been around the team a little bit. Um, he's doing a fundraiser for the uh, Make a Wish Foundation, trying to raise some money for his his foundation, and he's going to give the money to to Make a Wish. So um, I'm just going down there just because me and Reese have developed a friendship uh, through just during my career at at the university, and um, just to support a great cause and and to raise money. So how can uh, how can people get some information on this, John? Um, that is a great question. Actually, I've been in contact with Kali, uh, Reese's dad. Okay, yeah. And um, he said that the um, gar- it's a garage sale that they're doing through their church, and it's going to be on Saturday in Louisville um, from noon to two. Or what time? I'll be there from noon to two, but I think it starts at eleven. I want to say. Okay, sounds good. So if you, if you, I tell you what, John, if you can if you can tweet this out, then certainly we'll get the KSR Nation behind that, and it's a it's a pretty massive nation. Get because this is a great cause, uh, and I, I really appreciate you coming on and joining us and and being in, involved with this. So we will help get that information out there for sure. Yeah, I appreciate you a lot for having me on, and I'll uh, definitely put that out there. And I appreciate you guys uh, bringing me on today. Okay. Well, we appreciate having you on. Nobody appreciates more than Freddie. I th- I thought I was going to have to do CPR for a minute when he he realized he <laughs> was getting a phone call from me. He kind of freaked out a little. Well, I, and, and total disclosure. I can't even talk now. Nick. <laughs> total disclosure, John. Nick was going on and on about a story about Bunchy Stallings, and the only thing I heard was Bunchy Stallings. I looked down at my phone and I saw an email from you, and it was blah 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 blah. From that point on, I didn't, I really didn't care. But you know, I like I like Bunchy and all that. But you know, my guy, my favorite all-time football player, calls in Nick Roush. We, it's priority, right? Yeah, it is absolute priority, John. Seriously. Man, from a fellow Letterman and and player here, I mean, I don't, I can't tell you how much I respect your game. I, I respect what you did at the University of Kentucky, and respect what you did for the football program and setting examples. I think Nick and I were talking earlier about how your example. You can see your influence on this year's team as far as hard work, uh, cohesiveness in the locker room, etc. So appreciate all you did for the program and everybody. Uh, get out to the garage sale in Louisville, uh, noon to two. Stay stay tuned for a tweet from John Toth about the more specifics. And, and plenty of tweets from Freddie, too. And plenty of tweets. And, John, yeah, I'm going to call you like every ten minutes. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man, and thank you for calling in. We appreciate it, bud. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right. Wow. Are you are you okay, Fred? <sighs> Are, are you? How about that? I did Dude. not expect that today. I didn't either. I. Are you? Are you all right? 
I'm a little shaken up. Look, I've already saved his number. <laughs> Look, John Toe. <laughs> are you are you are you sure you're all right though? Yeah. Yeah. Am I? I just you're blushing right now. I am blushing. <laughs> Your face is flushed. I can't help it. I was I was seeing you uh throw the headphones off to try to talk to him. John, John, hey, John, <laughs> John. You just scatterbrained all of them. It was like uh, in the old 90s movies when they've got the big long phone with the cord. Yeah. And you like, just want to like tell everybody, get off the phone. Yeah. i got to yeah. go to another room to yeah. talk to the girl. That was that was you right there, Freddie. That was it. Do you get this way like when, you know, like like when you first met your wife? Yeah. Are you sure? Are, I don't know. I mean, did you get that flustered though? No. Did you? Did No. Uh, did you? Did you? Uh, I can't even talk, man. So, did you let people know what was going on? Or this is going to be a surprise. I already let people know. Dang on it! I was, I was teasing the audience, man. I know, but that, but you got to. That's a better tease if you let them know, and then they're like, "Well, now I got to listen because Freddie's favorite player ever is on the podcast." Yeah, and I was being sincere. His he he deserves in the UK Hall of Fame. He deserves his number to be up on the Ring of Fame. Do you agree? This forty nine starts. There really is one that might not get touched because I don't know if you can play need. more games than that, you know? Yeah. And if you do, normally you're leaving to go pro after right. you know, three I, years. In all seriousness, I, I don't think I don't think that that, uh, that record will be broken. I, I don't. Uh, I, I do think that my buddy Oliver Barnett, I think his sack record of 26th will go down in the next three to four years. I, I do think that there is a player on this football team right now for Kentucky – that will break Oliver Barnett's record of 26 career sacks uh, within the next four to five years. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think it goes down. It, you got to realize that, that that record has stood since 1989. That's a long time. Almost 30 years. Bud Dupree finished with 23. So just put that into perspective. This is a defensive tackle mm-hmm. with 26 career wow. sacks. Yeah. Now to to add on to Toth though, just I, I think the it's hard to measure somebody's legacy as a center. It's a very unheralded position. Yeah. But I think the effects of Toth, you're yeah. going to see more this year, especially when or we spent a lot of time earlier in this podcast talking about the leaders yeah. on this group who are lead-by-example guys but also who have learned how to be vocal because he was one of those guys too that had to learn how to be vocal. Right. Very quiet, soft-spoken, humble guy. And I think that's the kind of quality of person you're getting with this group of Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, especially on the offensive line. You know, quiet leadership, lead by example, lead from the front, first in the first in the training center, last out. Uh, I think that's what – I think the legacy of John Toth will continue on. I think – you know what, Freddie? I'll delete my tweet about that so then people will know. I mean, some of them might know, but I'll delete it for you. Make it a surprise for them. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. That's better. What a great show. Yeah. What a great show. Started it by paying tribute uh, to the late Tom Cannon, mm-hmm. uh, a friend a friend of the show. Uh, again, our prayers go out to the Eaton and the Cannon family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the, the depth chart crew will be, uh, will be there. Mm-hmm. Sending uh, our condolences. Yeah, to, to the families with Andrew to support him. Uh, you know why, Nick? Because when my my dad passed away, I was floored that you showed up and you gave me the picture of my dad framed. That that means the world to me. 
that meant the world to me that 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 the KSR family you know drove to Corbin for that. So we'll be there for Andrew, uh, for them, for the Eaton and Cannon families. We're praying for you. Uh, for, as far as the show, thanks to Jack Pilgrim for joining in, in the phone. I, I go ahead, take it. I can't talk. I know you're. You still have that flush look on your face. I, I know. It's it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. I'm happy I got to witness it. <laughs> I'm, I really am. Well, okay, uh, Nathan Schwacky, UK folks, mm-hmm. start selling seventy two jerseys. I'll buy one. I promise I will. We need to get you in a 72 for one of your uh, pregame shows. I'll, hey, trust me. I will wear it. <laughs> Tom Kalinowski, I love you. I know you for, you've you been there for 40 years. Give me a 72 jersey. <laughs> I will wear it on set at pregame. I promise you that. Oh, man. Well, thanks to Jack Kane Ford yes. for making this possible. This Absolutely. is basically Freddie's dream come true. Yes, yes. So what do I do now? What's the etiquette now? I can't just text him or call him, right? I think you can, from time to time, text him. Like, you know, especially once the season gets started and he's watching games and stuff like that. You know, like, hey, you would have made that block, or, you know. <laughs> do I really? I can't do that. Yeah, you can you make small talk with him. See, and Freddie underplays this too, ladies and gentlemen. Freddie, all the players love Freddie. He's like their favorite media guy. Even today, LT was fist bumping you and stuff before practice. <laughs> I don't get fist bumps from LT. LT is my age, so old people. <laughs> the <laughs> old, old people, people got to stick old people, together. Yeah, you know, I, I've talked to LT. And I was like, man, because we played at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, man, you all had so much fun. We used to watch them on TV because they play a lot of noon games. Right. And we would watch them like – because we couldn't do any of that stuff. You know, we weren't good enough, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> we would have got taken – we would have got kicked off the team. But, you know, I, I, I really like LT, but uh, – no, thanks for listening. It's a great show. Yep. And, uh, we'll be uh, back next Thursday. Yeah, and remember, the Depth Chart Podcast will only be on Thursdays from this point out. What that does, it gets us close to game day, mm-hmm. and we can get into a good segment previewing the opponent where yep. or I will give you a – Every number you need. Every schematic you, thing you need. I'll give you a depth chart. I'll give you which players to watch. I'll give you what scheme, what plays, defense, offense, what they're going to do, how they're trying to play – and what we'll do is I, is, is I will take the role of an opposing coach. Each t- each team, like I will be Southern Miss, mm-hmm. and I will say, okay, this is how I would defend Kentucky. Mm-hmm. This is how I would attack this defense. So we'll get into that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It will be. But right. well, thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank my good friend John Toth for calling in now that, now that we're buds. Yeah, best friends now. So should I call him on my way home and just have it? <laughs> or that's too soon. Huh? That's too soon. Is it? Maybe, yeah, you gotta wait a little bit. Maybe shoot him a text, say thanks for calling in, and then that starts a little text conversation you can have. Make a wish foundation. Yes, it's make a wish. It's uh, for Reese. Um, we'll, we'll get. We'll Reese, get. Uh, I can't think of his last. We'll get name. it out. We'll get it out. Yeah, we'll get can it you out research there. that and put it on the on the yeah. post? Yeah, I'll get it. Out there. Okay, you can you can reach it. Okay, we'll Nick Roush out. will have information on how we as the Big Blue Nation can support Reese. Mm-hmm. His his wish found, make a wish foundation fundraiser. John Toth will be there. Uh, I'm sure signing autographs. I may go get an autograph. You can't ask for his autograph now. You're friends. You got his number. Is that another etiquette that I don't know about? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe no. You definitely need to get a picture with him though. Like get a Toth jersey. I've got to get a picture with him, with him that, from an interview last year. That soon will be framed in my office. By the way. <laughs> 
you you get that smile of like Ralphie from a Christmas story. I just got my BB gun. I just got my just got my BB gun, man. Oh, oh man, I, I tell you, and, and I joke a lot, but I can't. I, I, that's my all-time favorite football player <laughs> ever, ever. Pro, college, whatever, no matter what, that is my all-time favorite football player. <sighs> Why is that weird? It's not weird. It's just a good day. It's a center, man. You got to, you know, it's John Toth, man. It's John Toth, folks. Get out to the fundraiser, especially if you live in Louisville. I don't care if you live in Paducah. Drive up to Louisville for us to see John Toth and to help raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. You need to do that. And I will make a donation. I will find You'll find out how we can donate. Mm-hmm. I can't be there, but I will make a donation. So thank you for listening. Thank you to my good friend, uh, John Toth, who called in. That You know, we may grab a coffee after this. I don't know. And, Reese uh, Kemp, that's who it is. I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, I'll, I'll send you a picture of John and I grabbing some coffee there, Nick, and, you know, you can get that out there. But we do appreciate you listening. Again, in all seriousness, support John Toth and, and uh, Reese's uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation in Louisville, the garage sale, and that's a great cause. And, and Reese is a fine young man and it's uh it's it's a a tremendous opportunity to raise money and uh and we'll do is reese the kid that had the flag i don't think so i think this is an older reese okay but actually i'm not sure i get them all mixed up yeah we'll figure it out though we'll figure it out well thank you for listening and we will talk to you remember deb charge podcast will now be on thursday next thursday thanks jack can forward see you later bye